So Anthem friends, I wanted to finish this year with um, uh, an encouragement from a passage of scripture that I believe came at the very end of, of a season and it's in uh, a letter to the Ephesians that the Apostle Paul wrote. And at the very end he says, uh, he, he says this, this phrase, finally, and uh, he kind of like dot, dot, dot. He's got this kind of section that he wants to wrap everything up with. In fact, in another translation in Ephesians 6, it says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these important truths uh, for last. And he goes on to describe something quite significantly important as he wraps up a letter to the church in Ephesus. And before I read it, I just want to say, you know, I have... Uh, I have three kids. Most of you know that. If you're part of the Anthem community, you know I have two girls and a boy. And watching them grow up was interesting because two of those three, whenever they were handed some homework at the end of a school day and said, hey, we, we want you to do this worksheet or something. Oh, and by the way, color it in. Uh, get some colored markers or some crayons or something and color it. Well, two of those three would think that was the best thing ever to not only have to do the worksheet, but have to color it in at the end. And then there was the third one, my son, who couldn't think of anything worse or anything more pointless than having to color an assignment that he was doing or having to, you know, just to fill in the, the spaces with some color. We used to have to fight him tooth and nail to get him to actually do that part of the assignment, the, to, to color stuff. And it would take him hours of distractions while the, the other girl, the, while the girls were, were, you know, responding in completely different ways. Now, I'm going to read a passage of scripture from Ephesians 6. And this is a piece of scripture that describes putting on the armor of God and uses the imagery of a soldier being geared up, being uh, ready to go into battle. And it's a memory that I have of, of having worksheets thrust in my hand, even as a child at a kid's church. I went to church as a kid with my parents and having this kind of thing pushed in my hand and said, hey, color this in because it's going to give you a great picture of what it means to be prepared for battle as a follower of Christ. And honestly, that stuff has stuck in my mind. And as we come to this day, which I feel is a good day to be saying, finally, at the end of 2020, uh, we, as we prepare for 2021, whatever that could bring, and, and who knows what that could bring, that we are ready uh, as soldiers in the army of God. And you're going to, as I read this passage of scripture, hopefully it will make, make more sense. Ephesians, 10, Ephesians 6.10 um, in the, the Passion Translation, Paul says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Something of power should come into play as a result of our relationship with God. We, it gives this imagery that we are gearing up for a fight, that we are ready, we are being prepared. You ever find yourself in a conflict with a friend or a spouse or kids or family member or somebody at work and you just realize that this fight, I mean, this just isn't a physical argument or dispute I'm having, this feels like a spiritual thing that's designed to throw us off course, to throw me off course spiritually. Like it's an attack that the enemy wants to use in order to uh, veer me off the course of being laser focused on following Jesus. And that's what I believe this passage of scripture is talking about. So, so uh, just to, again, to bring a bit of context, you know, the church in the New Testament is often described in a variety of different ways. 
Sometimes it's described as a family, that, we are, that when we come to Christ, we are brought into a spiritual family. Sometimes it's described as a community. And the, the verse there is Acts 2.42, where it talks about the, uh, the, the, uh, the new believers functioning as a broader community or fellowship that was pooling its resources, laying down their lives for one another. Often the, the, the Bible describes the church as, as if it were a hospital, a place for the broken, a place for the sick, a place to find healing. If you um, look in the book of Song of Songs, um, there is a description of a groom and a bride, and it is a, an allegory of the church, of, of Christ and the church, the groom and the bride. And so the church is also described as the bride of Christ. And as well as that, the church is described as an army. It's all these, there's all these different um, illustrations given to describe who we are as the church of Jesus Christ and who we are as we come to the end of 2020. We're all those things. But I want to focus on this idea today of us being God's army. Again, in, the, in, in Song of Songs, there was a, 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 a verse where, where the groom is describing the bride and we can view that today if, if you look prophetically at that scripture and it's, it's an allegorical description of the relationship, the love relationship between a groom and a bride, Christ and his church. It says this in, in Song of Songs 6.4. It says, you are beautiful, my darling, as Terza, lovely as Jerusalem. You are majestic as troops with banners. Christ talks about the church as being beautiful and being beautiful as an army, as an army that's majestic with troops waving banners as they go into battle. One translation, the King James Version, also calls this, uh, describes this as terrible as an army with banners. Like, like it's, it's, it's awesome and it's, it's scary, it's terrible, this, this, the strength that's displayed from this army. The church is an army and when we function correctly, we're a strong, and powerful force against the forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so there's, this, this, uh, there's love in the Song of Solomon that's described, but there's also this element of warfare in the text because Christ sees us, his bride, as a warrior getting ready to do battle. And church, you are an army. You are warriors in the army of the Lord. And as soldiers in Christ's army, we need to be ready to gear up for spiritual battle, always be ready for attacks that may come from various ways. And we've seen so much of that in our, in our lives. If you've, however long you've been a Christian for, you'll know what it's like to feel spiritually attacked, to feel like there's, there's a oppression around your life spiritually. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. There's this this confidence we need that when we've done everything that we can just to stand firm in the strength that God gives us and in his armor. And then listen to the description of the armor as it's described in Ephesians 6. Stand firm then with the belt of truth 
buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If, if you haven't heard that, those, those verses, I want to strongly encourage you today. Grab your Bible off the shelf, look up Ephesians 6 and start in verse 10 and, and start to read that description of the armor of God and of the, the soldier of God, that's you and I, being uh, dressed in God's armor. Okay, it, says, it, it starts out, it says, put the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And this points to Christ because uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He is our truth. So this is all about, this is all about putting on Christ. We, 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 we hear Paul in other verses talk about being clothed in Christ, that we are wrapped in Christ. It talks about them having the breastplate of righteousness in place. You see, our righteousness is found in him. And you see, in all this, we're clothing ourselves, again, clothing ourselves in Christ. The breastplate uh, protects our heart. Uh, Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. And the breastplate of righteousness, that's right living, that's our integrity, so that we don't become people who get jaded, but we, get to, we, we live our lives with integrity before our king. It says we should come to God with our feet fitted, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's, that's a, a, an element of preparation as we, as we walk, as we walk into this world. God gives us a mission to share his word. Uh, Isaiah said, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who, give, who bring good news. It's the, the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus that comes through us as we put that on our feet. As we, we get up in the morning, we recognize that as I go out, I'm going out as a soldier in God's army to bring the gospel of peace to those around me. 1 Peter 3.15 says, if anyone asks about the hope living in you, Always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and respect. I know that there's so many times when I'm not ready. I'm just not ready. I'm not willing. I'm not enthusiastic. I'm not engaged. I'm not ready to share my faith. And it says there, if anyone's asking you about the hope living inside you, always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and respect. Paul goes on and he says, take the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. This is a, a, like our faith here is a resistance to the attacks of the enemy. How do, we, how do we resist the attack of the enemy coming? It's with faith in Christ. It's, it's that shield that, 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 that is, a, is a, a barrier between the attack of the enemy and between, and between us. It talks about the helmet of salvation. The helmet, of, of course, protects our head, protects our mind. So our salvation is not because of something that we've done. Our salvation is secure in, because of Christ, because of his work. And uh, the, the, the salvation is so important to keep our thoughts and our mind centered on God. Romans 12 says that we are to be transformed through the renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind to trust that God is who he says he is and that God is faithful to save us like he has promised. 
The, the Romans says that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart, we will be saved. And sometimes we need that reminder. We, we need our thoughts to be uh, firmly rooted in God so that we can be reminded that that is truth. That it's truth that our salvation is just dependent on our, on our trust and our confidence in, in Jesus Christ and on what he's done. And then it finishes off this. It says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And if you get given that sheet of paper that you've been asked to color in as a kid, you'll notice that there is one piece of offensive weaponry in this discussion and this description about the armor of the, of the armor of God. And it's the sword. The sword, uh, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God has given us his word as a weapon against the attacks of the enemy and the spiritual forces of heavenly realms that come against us. It's the only offensive weapon in our armor. And I love uh, this, this uh, demonstration of this that Jesus gave us right at the beginning of his ministry when Jesus was taken into the wilderness in order to be tested by the enemy. Every time he would respond to the enemy's attack, it was always with three words. What are they? It is written. Jesus would always respond to the, to the attack of the devil, not by just using his own words, not by bringing an argument, not by bringing an excuse or a reason, but it was always with responding to, with the word of God that he already had hidden in his heart because he'd been studying it since he was a boy. And that's a challenge for us to study God's word, to get God's word imprinted in our hearts. And Jesus would say, it is written. Do, you, you do not uh, put the Lord your God to the test. It is written. Uh, you, 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 live, you live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he would respond to the end. Even sometimes when the enemy, and you can read that when, if you read the temptation of Jesus, even when you read the enemy trying to twist God's word, uh, that Jesus would come back at him with the truth of God's word, with, with God's words rightly interpreted right at that point. God has given us his word as a weapon that will help us grow spiritually even when we feel like the enemy is attacking us. And this is, I, I believe this is so important that this is one of those final things that that I share with our community at the end of this year, as we're all gathering online this morning and we're all perhaps looking back at a 2020 and looking forward that no matter whether we look at one and think, well, that was terrible, next year is gonna be great, but it, it, who knows? But in whatever way we are looking back and we are looking ahead, that we need to be looking ahead as people who are clothed in the armor of God. Some of us daily struggle with our Christian lives because we're not suiting up, because we're not wearing those elements of God's armor that he's given to us. We're not recognizing what our spiritual armor is made up of. And if we would just live with the armor of God on, we would be protected as we do battle against those forces that are trying to distract us, seeking only to destroy us. Remember John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. There's no, uh, make no bones about it. There's no confusion here. The enemy's desire is to destroy your life forever. Now, I want to introduce to you this morning by way of a short story. 
a couple who many of you know, our friends Carmen and Maria from Anthem. And uh, interestingly enough, Carmen and Maria walked into Anthem Church almost exactly two years ago to the day on this, uh, it was 2018, on this Sunday between Christmas and New Year. And they had a relative staying with them from Florida who said, come on, let's go to church. And they said, well, let, how about you pick where we go to church? Because they weren't familiar with many uh, churches in, in the Burlington area. They lived in Burlington for a long time. And, uh, and so their, their cousin or relative uh, uh, said, well, let's, let's go to Anthem. They found Anthem online. And I met Carmen and Maria that morning. And I've got to say that it's rare that I've seen uh, a couple that's so committed to their spiritual journey and, and committed to their journey and their life with Jesus in growing and learning and asking questions and being impacted by scripture. And, uh, and in actual fact, Carmen and Maria were in a group, uh, an alpha group that, that I was in uh, last year. And they were so uh, just inspired by the, the, the work of God through scripture, through different individuals in the group that Carmen actually sent out a, an email to everybody. And he said, could, could you all send me your favorite scriptures? Could you send me um, the verses that have impacted you from the word of God the most? Because there's, there's something I want to do, do with those scriptures. And so this morning, I want you to watch a little bit of Carmen and Maria's story uh, as they describe the movement of God in their lives over the last couple of years. As a young child, I always remembered growing up believing in God. Didn't understand why, um, but had no doubts. And that was something that's been consistent my whole life, that I always believed in God. As I got into my 20s and 30s, I still believed in God, but I think all of the questions I had caused there to be a little bit of doubt. And I wasn't attending church on a regular basis. I think the, the trip to Israel was a reconnection with God and I came back wanting to have those questions answered. As Carmen said, our, our, that trip just sparked our need to, to know Jesus and to you know, bring him into our lives. And that had to come with an understanding of, you know, why do I believe? You know, who's Jesus? You know, why should I believe in Jesus? You know, the Bible was non-existent in my life. And, and I just needed to understand that more. And, and, and through the, the times that I had gone to Anthem, um, I, I felt like I was starting to understand and some of those questions were being answered. And it got me wanting to understand scripture and read scripture. And we just have been learning so much. You know, I, I wish I had known God more. I wish I had known the Bible more because, man, there's a lot of mistakes that I could have not made. If I had like remembered certain you know passages, like like, like right now through this whole COVID thing, you know, it gets, it gets a little stressful. And, you know, I, I, just, I have some passages that are just mantras of mine that I can like use to calm me down. And I mean, I, it's, I've never known God like I know God now. And I, and I wish I had. You know, now that I've been on this journey and trying to become closer to God and, and I, I truly want to bring everyone I know closer to God. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be through Anthem. It's just, I just tell them like, I now finally know why I should believe. It's, it's not through just blind faith, but it, there's, there's reasons why I should be believing that Jesus existed and he did the things he did and, and, and why we should be following Jesus. And that means the world to me. 
But I tell people, you know, pray. If you have questions, you know, try to get answers. Ask the questions, but seek the answers. God's going to knock on the door, but it requires you to open it. So keep listening for that knock, and, and, and you got to be willing to open that door. And, and I pray that, that you will open that door, and, and you will, will seek out answers to the questions that you have. Anthem, what I love about Carmen and Maria's story is their, their commitment to learn and to grow and to get their, uh, th their lives focused on Christ and just listening daily to the God of the Bible and how he speaks to them. I, I, they, they ask questions, they, they, uh, they seek answers. And honestly, I love what he said, you know, when God comes knocking, you've got to be ready to let him in. You've got to be ready to let God in. And I believe that wherever we're at in our journey with God, God is knocking on the door of our hearts at this pivotal time in our lives, this, 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 this time of reflection and a time of resolution for the future, for this next year that God is, list, God is looking into our hearts and he's asking to be invited in. He's asking for us to, to, to recognize the spiritual battle that we are in and that we need the helmet of salvation. We need the belt of truth. We need our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We need the shield of faith. We need, we need the sword of the spirit, which is God's word in our lives. And we need to make him, Christ, and his kingdom, the focus of our vision, make him the focus of our lives. As we, as we, I believe, can step into a new season with faith and with confidence in a great and mighty God. Let's make him our focus and our vision today.